Why, hello, everyone. We've got some bonus content here at Date Night at the Movies. I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And we are interviewing, very so excitedly, Daniel Evans. Yeah, woo! Hey, pleasure to finally meet you, Daniel. Yes, nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. So Via Apple FaceTime, we are not endorsed, but we would like to be. Yeah, I know, right? Yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> Technology these days. We'll put Across it in the, the country. We're still having you no know, conversations. Look exactly. Uh, and I first met Daniel working on a little movie uh, called Never Hike Alone. Mm-hmm. And we had an amazing, adventurous yes. uh, year and a half. I feel like yeah. I was on that for a year and a half. Yeah. That was a long process. It should have been. I, I think it, it grew the, the longer we worked on it. Yeah, yeah, because we were supposed to be done like December of 2016. Wow, and we, we didn't... came out 2017, right? And we didn't finish. I think my last shooting day was June of 2017, right? And that doesn't even count all the pre-production. Wow, right? It was. In the case, isn't it crazy how long ago that was? I, and yet it, it still feels. It still feels so like we just did it. Feels like we just did it, but it also feels like. Holy crap, like when did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Daniel, you, re- you recently worked on the little movie, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So can you tell us about what you did on that movie? Yeah, so I, I came onto that movie in February of 2016 as just the, the central coordinators. I, could, I took care of the calendars for the directors and producers and all that kind of jazz. Um, I, I came in with that, um, but I kind of told them that I've done this before. I, I really want to do something else. I want to get to know a different department. So I came, I went into the editorial department as their coordinator and I was in the editorial until the release of the movie. So I was on the, from the very beginning to the very end. That's cool. And through ed- editorial, we, brought in from the very like for the first year and a half it was just storyboards so we helped all the story artists we um we brought in all their boards we cut them together we put in sound effects we put in our own dialogue scratch dialogue and we cut the movie temp score you know temp sound effects everything um so then at that time it, it was a lot of fun a lot of exploration a lot of just playing around seeing what works and seeing what doesn't what what doesn't um, and then as the time went on, we started to find the soul of the characters, soul of the story and figure yeah. out what scenes aren't needed, what scenes are crucial, uh, what characters are we going to spend more, most time with, what characters aren't working at all. And so we kind of got down to the end of it and it would, you know, goes through the pipeline, goes through layout, animation, all that, all the fun stuff. And, um, so things just got more complicated as it goes because the more departments get, get involved, the more problems can arise. Right. So it was, it was, right. it was my job to, to track um, really anything that I could. I was in every single editorial meeting with the directors and producers, wow. and I would take all the notes, and I would distribute the notes to anyone who needed them and um, make sure I didn't freak people out by the notes. Sometimes the notes were like, throw this out entirely, but like we're just trying it. So don't Mm -hmm. really throw it out. We're just trying. So it was just knowing when to give the note at the right time to see if it was, if it was going to free people out or if it was going to do the right thing. Um, And I eventually got into um, recording with the artists and doing a lot of script work. Um, So that was, that was probably the most fun being in the recording studio with the actors and like hanging out with them and like, trying not to screw up their takes because I was laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, That's probably the most fun. Um, I, I was there through the mix. I was there at the mix stages, helping them track anything that they needed editorial support for. Cause I, I, I knew the movie. I think I was, I was one of the people who knew, who knew the movie the best because I've been there from the very beginning. I can tell them this shot has this note from six months ago. This shot has this note. It was never done because we decided for this reason. You know, so I had That's that cool. knowledge. I would go in there, and um, I was just, I was just that that guy on that guy on set, that guy basically in the room who I could just be like, we talked about this yesterday. We talked about this three months ago. And I I would have that information for them. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, I I took care of the editorial department. I tried to track as much information as I could for scripts and shot language and um, what shot was where, why, how, when when is it coming, why is it not done yet, all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of little information for a big movie. Yeah. So. so at the end of the day, because you did so many different things and you started off in a completely different rep- department, what was your credit on the movie then? Editorial coordinator. Gotcha. So I, I did most of my time basically in editorial, but since editorial is touching every other department, every other pipeline, they all kind of communicate through editorial. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I didn't do any animation. I didn't do anything layout. I didn't do anything like that. I just kind of, I knew where those things were. Right. I had to know what was going on there. So um, the closest thing to, to not editorial was script stuff. But we had a script coordinator, but I worked right alongside him prepping scripts for record sessions. Mm-hmm. I worked right alongside those guys just so like, cause I watched the movie every single day and they, right. Hey, where is it? Did this change at all? It changed two days ago. Yes. We're now doing this version right here. You know? So, um, I was titled as editorial coordinator, but I, I, I dabbled <laughs> in, in script stuff and story stuff just a little bit. But I mean, those, those departments go hand in hand. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Was there anything like major that was cut out of the movie that like the audience might be surprised about? Or uh... Uh, well, we had an entire character that was cut out because um, home, Homecoming, Homecoming kind of stole him. We started um, our movie beginning of 2016. Um, I was the second. Per- I was like one of the third person uh, brought on. We had um, the script that Phil Lord wrote. It's this 160 page script. That he Holy just crap. threw stuff at, and it was a lot of fun. Everyone yeah. loved the script. So um, just for our listeners, just so you know, uh, in the industry, one page of a script equals about a minute of screen time. So that was that was about a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie that would have been. Yeah. 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 We, ended up, we ended up making that version. They said, like, from the start, make the original version, and we can cut it down from there. Okay. So we were like okay, we're going to try to make this version. And we made it, and it was about three hours long. Wow. And that was the, that was the first year of the movie, just trying, trying to make that script work. And it was just like, we're just going to throw these sequences together, first pass, we're going to make them. We worked on them. We trimmed a lot of stuff down, even in the first year, but it was still a super long movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, what would happen with Homecoming was, because um, since we share producers, mm-hmm. uh, Amy Pascal and Avi, um, uh, and we actually had a storyboard artist that was the, the same for a little bit too. Um, we had a character who is native to Miles's universe, uh, Ganke, his roommate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, original, in the original script, or uh, Genki, Ganke, I forgot how to properly pronounce his name. But in the beginning, we had him throughout the entire movie. Oh. He was in the beginning. He had a lot of lines. His relationship with Miles was close already. Those two were buddies from the very beginning and they went through the whole adventure together wherever miles went ganke went mm-hmm. and it was really funny because ganke was this really big comic book nerd explaining to miles all these <laughs> <new> powers <laughs> all this new- ganke was so pumped to have a roommate who was spider-man it was so funny <laughs> that's cool <laughs> um so that was a lot of fun uh but in the end like homecoming their ned mm-hmm. took that place he was that character Gotcha. For um, that movie, and in 2016, we were like, "That's that's our character. Like that. That's the same exact thing we're doing. So we can't copy them. We have to do something different." So early on, we decided just to chuck them. Wow. Yeah. And just we're gonna we're gonna focus on Miles. We're gonna make him, you know, um, less of a of a character who doesn't want to do something, but more of a character who's put in, in a position who has to do something. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of the decision that was made. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that's a big one that was kind of just chopped off. The other fun thing that I really love was Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Um, potential spoiler, he he was the he. Oh. For a good year and a half. Oh. And then it was decided to, if we're, in a, we're, the, we're in an alternate universe. We can do whatever we, whatever we wanted. Oh, And we man. flopped it. And yeah. it was like, this actually works. It, and it was it was like one of our favorite characters. Yeah, like I just, you know, I've been watching a lot right. of the Spider-Man movies lately and I've been playing the game a lot. I don't know if you've played the game yet or not. Oh, uh, love that game. Yeah, it, it's great. I'm I'm ju- yeah. about halfway through all the DLC right now. But I really like the way they did their Doc Ock 
But yeah. And that's yes. kind of what I was expecting if there was going to be a Doc Ock in another movie because I was like, oh, that's a really fresh way to take that. But then yeah. whenever I saw this one, I was like, holy crap, that was amazing, you know? Yeah, it's totally different. Oh, and Catherine yeah. Hahn was gold. Mm-hmm. So much fun. She oh. is a, a, a joy. She is so much fun to record with. She's so nice. And she will she will go there. If you mm-hmm. want her to do something, she will go there. And she was it was really funny. One time she brought her son to the chords uh, session. And her son was in the room with her, like, I think it's reading, reading Harry Potter or something. <laughs> and um, she was like, okay, honey, I'm, I'm going to be doing things. Just don't, don't listen to mommy. Okay. And then she was doing really creepy and really intense. And he, he, just see her son in the corner, just trying to read like, oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to traumatize her son through all this. But it was, she was great. Like our, awesome. our cast legitimately, like the coolest cast they're so ridiculously good. Like that was some of the best stuff. Like being in the room with um, Jake Johnson. Yeah. Like, I, again, like I think when he when he tried out, we knew he we wanted to give it to him. When he tried out, we were in a really small scratch room in, at the animation studio, and he was just going, just having fun with it. And I'm like three free, three feet from him at a table taking notes. And there's nothing blocking me, like a computer screen or oh, wow. we're all in the same room together. I had the hardest time not making a noise. Yeah. It was difficult. Like, he's so, so funny. Um, and then watching guys like Brian Tyree Henry mm-hmm. or Mahershal Ali, watching those guys do their work, like just acting, but like they're not in front of a camera. They're not using their bodies. They're just using their voice, but they're still – so impactful they're so talented that's one thing we were talking about in the episode too is that those two characters in particular like you know it that felt like you were watching Mahershala Ali and that felt like you were watching Brian Tyree Henry yeah Uh, Yeah. and you know and one of our favorite moments is whenever he gets on the uh, police siren is like you have to say I love you back you know Yeah. and the the fact really was it Wow. Oh, it was well, great. And the fact that it, he didn't do that jokey, the fact that he did that like a dad who it's like, yeah, I'm going to rub him the wrong way, but I'm going to make my kids say I love you. I just thought like it was just brilliant, you know? Yeah, they were there. They were both for, for that recording session. They were both in Atlanta. Um, so we were Skyping in from L.A. I think we might, we might have had one director there or not, but we were basically connecting over ISDN and um, watching them go over it. And I'm taking notes. and I'm just like, this is never going to make the movie. It's way too long. It's way too long. It's, my, my brain is... We, we've been getting notes every single day, cut down, cut down, cut down. So like this whole thing is going to be, it's way too long. It's all back and forth. Yeah, it's funny, but it's not going to work. It's too long. Mm-hmm. They did it and like, and they did it once and like, oh yeah, do that again. That's really funny. And Brian just takes on that mantle of like, I'm all right, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to go there. And he can play off of Shamik. He can serve Shamik softballs just i'm gonna give it to you we're gonna keep going we're gonna go that's awesome. and then like shameek was able to really respond back and rally for that whole thing that was that was a full take of those back and forth i don't think we cut out any segment of it but that was like the three or four back and forth and it just worked that original timing is what ended up in the movie that's cool and it, What's crazy about that too is, especially knowing that that's ad libbed, is that that kind yeah. of became a running theme from the, through their relationship through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fun. That's gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I who was your Who was your favorite to be in a session with? Like when you think about it, you're like, that was probably one of my favorite days. Ooh, that's hard. Because they're all so different and so talented in in their own ways. Like Mahershala. It's just like you stand back and just let the guy go. And just like yeah. this guy is he, – he'll, he'll do a line a couple times and he'll say, any notes? No. No. <laughs> no. You are you are the best of the best. Yeah. You yeah. Have any notes for me as, as a human being, I'll take those <laughs> notes. But being in the room with – like Catherine Hahn super great. I, I was in the room the most with Jake and Shamik. Uh-huh. Um, so I got to know I got to know Shamik pretty well, and he's he's just a lot of fun. He's a lot of his. You can hear a lot in the in the movie. He goes <laughs> a lot, and that is his. That is him. That's Shamik. He'll do a line and go, "Oh, I didn't know that." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like 
that's just his thing. That's just that, that that's what makes him so her uh, natural. That's just that's his his flavor. And we we worked a lot with him to kind of bring out more of of just him and his voice and his yeah. mannerisms and his kind of style of speaking. And he would say things and he would he would really um just ha- he would have fun. He was the most one. He was just loosey goosey. Let's try these things. I'll just go for it. And he, I will do it as many times as you need. And if you want a different style, I'm willing to go there. Just um, help me out. Let's 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 find this thing together. Yeah. Um, and then Jake was, he would come in, record sessions from two to four. He would come in right at two. We would end up recording starting at three or three 30 because he would just get in there and we would hang out mm-hmm. and he would just be talking with Phil or with, with Rodney or, or Bob or Peter. And we're just talking about their day, talking about their kids, talking about different movies they're watching. And, and then we just blow through it. He would nail every single take. Boom, 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 done six. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. That's great. And just like, Every single every single actor was so such a joy to work with, and they were so talented. It was just like for me to be in the room, like half of the records from like the very beginning until the, the end stuff was so much fun for me just to learn. I got to do a lot of scratch recording as Miles because oh, cool. I obviously am. I sound like a black Hispanic kid from New York, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> I sound just like him, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think I did a lot of his voice work just as scratch um, stuff like that on the side. It was a lot of fun learning from those guys how they do it. And so yeah. I would – from the very beginning, I was terrible. I was awful at it. But since I was I was there the most, I just – they threw me in front of the microphone and said, hey, say these words. I would say them. And by the end of the year, I got pretty good. That's what I, what I would say because I was able to watch these professional guys go in there and just deliver gold. Yeah. So like – I can't say there's one person I, I loved the most because they all offered something different and they were all a pleasure to just watch. Yeah. So, yeah. So a, couple qu- a couple of questions I had. I'm trying to go back because you just gave us like – you just gave us gold there for like the last like part of the conversation. I've just been like <laughs> internally trying to make notes like, oh, I want to expand on this. I want to, I want to Larry King Sorry, this, you yeah. know? Uh, so one thing that we noticed in the movie is uh, – is Doc Ock actually looked like Catherine Hahn. So did they actually go back and reanimate the characters to kind of fit the voice actors? Um, I think we we ended up saying um, I, I I don't know. That's the an area of the movie I'm unfamiliar with. As okay. far as the actual designing of characters, I was not a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we cast her. We decided to do a female early on uh, before casting really got in hold. We were before it was a female. The casting options for Doc Ock were really funny. Um, <laughs> really a wide range of, of actors. Um, but as soon as we decided to make it a female, I think they had these ideas and designs. I knew from the earlier design, they really wanted to have her like a, like a beehive hair. Yeah. I remember that. That was always a big thing. They want to have really kind of curly, kind of crazy hair because the original design was an old kind of guy who was a hippie. He drove a VW bus. Oh, funny. He wore like tie-dye shirts and a necklace and like had a ponytail. So just kind of making the female, a young, hip kind of female, some of that tie-dye kind of style yeah. stay through her, her colors and her her mannerisms kind of being weird. Um, I I don't know if they made her look like um, Catherine Hunt, but I think with that idea, Aunt May – was designed to look like Lily Lily Tomlin a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, I thought when that, she came I, in, I thought a lot of the characters ended up looking like the actors. Some of the mannerisms, for sure. We filmed them in their record sessions, and I'm not too sure if the animators actually looked at that stuff. But they've got plenty of reference on the right. World Wide Web, where right. they can take in Shamik's of like, <laughs> yeah, animate for that. You know, they take Jake Johnson from you know New Girl. Plenty of excellent reference there all of his different mannerisms of just like peter putting his hands on his hips and just like how he eats yeah. it's like mm-hmm. so yeah. funny there's plenty of stuff to use there yeah uh so another thing i wanted to ask uh, you were talking about like you know for example Catherine Hahn just like kind of going for it you know yeah. uh one thing that i mentioned because before 
I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast itself or not, but uh, one thing I do before we do everything is whenever I'm setting up the studio, I'm just rapidly IMDBing the movies to see if I yeah. can find anything interesting. And they right. were talking about uh, John Mulaney. I don't know if you were in his very much, but I heard yeah. there was one point where he was just like, wait a minute, what are you guys rating this movie? And he had to like hold himself back in. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we actually pulled for that same bit. We we pulled some audio for he. It was on Jimmy Fallon a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and he had that idea. It was we went through his old his old recordings and found takes of him swearing, mm -hmm. and that we we couldn't find him actually asking like, "What's this movie rated?" Because he really had no clue. Um, but we pulled takes of him like saying some really bad stuff. And it was so, so funny. I think he was the hardest one to keep a straight face for. Because he just takes stuff out of nowhere. And it's mm -hmm. just the funniest thing you've ever heard. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely said some things that would not have been allowed in the movie. For sure. <laughs> He, yeah. has, he has my favorite line in the movie whenever they're asking, like, Miles, if he's ready to do this. Like, can you do this? Can you do this? And the line where he says, can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie? Yep. <laughs> no, my favorite line is whenever they're sending Miles off and he's like, here, take this. It'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. When he yes. hands him the sledgehammer. I was like, yeah, that's gold. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so were that's you. A good line. Uh, just because it's the era that we're in and this is going on the internet, I suppose I need to ask about it. Were you in the room for any of Nicolas Cage's dialogue? Um, no, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. If I can recall. No, I was. I was. I wasn't in the... Um, I think I was in his, his last record. Uh, we had a couple things we wanted him to do. Uh, he was never... No, oh my gosh, that's right. I was in the room. There were two, there were two record sessions with him. There was one that I was in actually in the room with him. Another one where he was in, um, I think he was in London or something where he we iced the end. But yeah, what a character. Mm -hmm. yeah, he came in. He came in. And our, our producer is the same producer who did National Treasure. So oh. She, uh, Christina Steinberg. And so she knows him. And so he came in and he was just like, He's big sunglasses on. He's got a jacket. He's like he looks fancy and like wealthy, like what an actor looks like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in, and he's just like he's just ready to work. He's like, let's do this. All right. <laughs> he opens his binder up. He's like, okay, here we go. He's like reading. He's like reading to himself. Like we're all getting prepped. He's kind of by himself. I'm just sitting in the corner, just like, <laughs> oh my. Like I'm sitting in a room with Nick Cage, and like this is the weirdest experience of my life. Um. And he's just kind of going into it, reading these lines. He kind of, he just, he just did it. He just was that character. He, he already talked to the directors about what he kind of wanted to do. And they were like, go for it. That sounds like a lot of fun. And he did that voice. And we were just like, yes, this is so funny. That's and awesome. he, some of my favorite things that he did were some of those, um, like, yeah, you biscuit boxer. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, he's like, I punch Nazis for fun. I fight these things. And like, he really went for it. He really went for it. And it was a lot of fun just because he's, he's that kind of actor. He's not afraid to go to those places and have those really weird lines, but he will figure them out and like, just make them fun. Yeah. And he, half of his stuff were in like action sequences. So he would be yelling some of these things. And that was so much more fun Yeah, because, um, Oh, what was one of his lines that we just would play back in editorial all the time? <laughs> it was just like, um, oh, I forget. He had some like war cry, and it was just like, and he would just. I go can only for it. imagine. The, I can only imagine. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> like he would just like yell these things and like, um, oh man, yeah. But he was a blast. He was so much fun. He was just like, that character. You just like. This is Nicolas Cage that I read about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we were that's what we were saying is that like he was a perfect fit for this movie. A not because not only because he's a huge comic geek and like unashamedly yeah. so, but because just listening to it, it's like you could tell he was like, yes, I am all in for this. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. It reminded me of Kickass. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if we can get anywhere near his performance in Kick-Ass, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. It, it literally, I was like, it's, it's Big Daddy. It's 100%. Yeah. Now, in the, yeah. edit or in the uh, editing department, was there ever a part of the movie that you guys felt stuck with? Like, it felt like Ooh. this is really hard to work through? What sequence wasn't? 
Um, <laughs> I, I imagine from- with the way that this movie was colored and everything that there was probably a lot of how do we make this work and not make it just look like whiplash. Yeah. As far as, yes, as far as the story goes, I think um, there were sequences like, the, well, I think one of the easiest sequences that I can just off the top of my head is like um, the conversation with Miles and Jefferson in the cop car to school. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that, I mean, that was boarded by V, uh, V Nguyen and like, just it basically stayed the same throughout the whole thing. We cut wow. some lines of dialogue the other day. We tried some new things at the very end, right before it went into animation, even after it went into animation. Um, but beyond that, that sequence stayed the same. Wow. But the opening, the opening sequence, that thing took forever to finalize because it went back and forth from being the Chris Pine Peter Parker or mm-hmm. the Jake Johnson Peter Parker. It went back and forth. Who's oh. who we started the movie off with? And it was like, am I retelling the story? Am I telling you the story? And it was just like, who do you want? To, who do we want to hear first? Um, all the nods to the previous Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Are we doing them with the costume? Are we doing it like when he's dancing in the street? Are we yeah. doing it without the costume? We're doing it with the costume. Are we having him really punch a car? Are we like all these things? Like, yeah. These little these little nods. Everything it goes by so quick. That was that was a hard one to really nail down the timing, who's actually doing it, what it gives to the story. Well, um, and it, it was that's interesting that you say that they were gonna it was either gonna be Peter Parker or Peter B. Parker. Uh, because if they had started off with Peter B. Parker and then spoiler alert for those of I mean, this is at the end of the episode, guys. We're not doing spoilers anymore. But uh, <laughs> but whenever he dies and then he takes off the mask and to see him with blonde hair, like that would have been like a oh my god, what's going on in this movie moment. Yeah. Like right. it would have definitely been it definitely would have given you a punch to the chest. And I think that would have been cool and I think it would have worked. But I think from a story perspective, it was handled properly because then it sets up everybody else getting to introduce themselves yeah. in that same sequence, you know? Right, yeah. It, it, it ended up confusing more than anything. It confused the audiences. Yeah. Um, and we ended up going that way because it just it was, a, it was a, a fluid motion. We're introducing this Peter Parker and then, and then Miles take away that Peter Parker and introduce another one. Yeah. So it wasn't like, it wasn't uh, go to B and then go to A and then go back to B. It was A and then B. So it's yeah. kind of a, more of a fluid thing and it ended up just making things more clear. Um, but yeah, I think the other sequences that were really hard were when they go down, to, meeting the other spiders mm-hmm. and then yeah. getting out, getting out of that was very difficult because we needed, a, we needed to give a lot of information in a short amount of time. But the information we were giving didn't need to overload the audience as well because right. sometimes the, the more we gave them, confused them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same th- same thing with um, the walk and talk on the walls, going down the wall and up yeah. the wall. Yeah. Peter Miles. That sequence was very hard because that was a that's just straight information. That's just here's info. Here's info. Here's info. Here's a goober. Why do you need a goober? I needed to go home. I needed to destroy the collider. There's one thing, but two people need it for two different things. Right. So trying to, to explain that in a way that wasn't confusing to people, and how we named the thing when Peter's actually on the floor on the car he's like uh no uh, peter called it an override key it's always called override key a shutdown key a virus key i always call it a goober we had all of those names for the goober (laughs) and i think i think it was amy pascal she just she she just kept calling it a goober so we ended up just calling it a goober (laughs) i was like that is the most the the simplest way to do this so that's just what we're we're gonna have to do that's that's yeah, cool. those those sequences. Just trying to get information out there was the hardest part because there's so many characters. We're talking about multiple universes, portals, and like you know, trying to address all the previous movies. Like, there's just so much information in this movie. We're trying to get out and be clear, and make sure you connect with the characters and like you feel for all these other extra spiders. You you feel they are successful and yet um, troubled in some sort of way. Like it's yeah a lot. Well, one thing we talked about uh, earlier in the episode is how incredibly clear this movie was. Like you oh, wow. knew, like you knew who they're talking to. You knew what they were fighting for. You, everyone was really clear. So that was that's a huge success because, I mean, Holmes and that's Watson awesome. couldn't do it with two characters. Right. So um, <laughs> this uh, that's to, funny. to us, and we've seen a, a lot of really bad movies this year. Mm-hmm. This was a. a <laughs> A tremendous success. 
Well, and especially coming from awesome. coming from Jessica, Jessica has so little patience for superhero movies. Like, <laughs> like she likes Wonder Woman, and there's some, really? there, yeah, and there's some of them that she likes in in the moment. Like one thing we talked about in this episode is that she actually really liked Avengers: Infinity War when we watched it. Then she left, and she was like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't hold up," and she was just done with it. Right, you know? hate it. But right. but like yeah. th- this movie, we were both collectively like, "Yeah, I want to see it again." You know? Yeah, yeah. I think our movie is is really um, it finds a, a unique balance of of just straight storytelling. It's a unique s- superhero movie because there isn't really a lot of you know, crash and bash, bang, you know, big fights. It's just a lot of character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to find yourself and like, you know what, this is what's been thrust upon me. It's my decision whether I answer the call or not. Yeah. You know, it's like, do I feel, um, I'm, it's like a lot of, of value. Do I, do, am I good enough? Am I ready to do this? And do I want to take on the responsibility of this huge thing? Um, and what a lot of, like, like infinity war, it's a lot of you, you bring in the emotional baggage from the other 18 movies, but a movie on its own, yeah. it's just like, I, I, okay, this is a lot of fighting and okay, mm-hmm. right. here we go. It looks pretty. Good job. And like, you know, it's, it's, so this movie is a, a, a different kind of um, flavor. I think it's also just like the whole art style you've never seen before. It's all totally different, but the it's characters gorgeous. themselves – the characters themselves have real heart and real souls, and then we mm-hmm. really tried to, to make that clear and have the audiences react more to feeling for the characters more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, us going into this, we didn't know a whole lot about it. Like, I had a very basic knowledge of Miles Morales just from playing the game and a quick Wikipedia search afterwards. And I knew you know? that some of my yes. buddies were working on it. Y- yeah, Jessica, and Jessica <laughs> knew even less than I did. Like, we had to look up and see, it, was Spider-Ham a thing or is that just a play on the Simpsons movie, you know? Oh, no, Spider-Ham is a huge thing. Yeah, so th- yeah. what I was going to ask you is how, like, did you already know the backstory for a lot of these characters and a lot of these alternate uh, Spider-People uh, going into it? I, I knew about um, Spider-Gwen. I knew about um, Spider-Noir. I knew Miles Morales. I think I knew Miles Morales the most. Um, I had no clue about Penny. Um, I, I, was least, I was less familiar about like uh, Prowler. I was mm-hmm. less familiar about um, Kingpin's relationship with Spider-Man. Um, and uh, Tombstone, you know, those guys were very uh, unclear to me. I had no clue. But through working on this, like you had to do a deep dive, and there's a lot of hidden tidbits in there you can find that are, you know, a tip, you know, tip of the hat to like comic book fans out there who are like, yeah, that's that's actually accurate. Well, one um, thing I really liked is how they did the Green Goblin because that's basically Green Goblin from Ultimate Spider-Man. I I love our Green Goblin. I yeah. love that thing. It's so freaking cool. I like that. The whole fight sequence used to be. Um, much longer mm-hmm. and it was so sad to me to cut that whole thing down because it was so cool and it looked it was your first first um look at spider-man first look at the, these big baddies yeah. that exist in this world and the animation of like yeah. explosions all the explosions from goblins um exploding pumpkins are like 2d s- smokes and effects and it's like always boom 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 words on screen it was so much fun having on screen so i was really bummed to see less of him Mm-hmm. But in the end, he's still this super awesome bad guy. Yeah, it's super impactful. Freaky monster. The way we introduce him is this giant whoosh, like boosh. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. This 20-foot monster is just like 10 feet away from me. And it's like it's really intimidating and something we haven't seen before, which is really yeah. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So to just kind of segue, because I feel like all filmmakers get into, somehow we all get into this because there's a movie that was like, oh, I, I want to do that when I grow up. When <laughs> working on this, did you ever have a moment of like, holy crap, I'm like living, I'm really living part of my dream? And, maybe what, and maybe what movie were you like, oh my God, I'm in this movie? Like for, all for the you. Time. <laughs> okay, so flashback. Uh, 2003, 2004, when Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out. Yeah, I saw that seven times in theaters. Did you really? Like <laughs> huge Spider-Man fan. Like I just as far as like what that movie did with 
my teenage mind and just like this is the coolest like people make movies for a living you know what I mean like yeah this is so cool for me um you know flash forward 15 years I'm making a Spider-Man movie yeah and it's bizarre I never thought I'd work on a superhero movie because I work in animation but it's like this is the marriage of my two loves of like live action awesome adventure crazy movies and then animation where i get to work with a bunch of big kids basically you know what i mean like so there were a lot of times when we would um we would get art from from animation or viz dev and these beautiful scenes painted with spider-man swinging across screen and goblin chasing after him i'm just like oh this is a movie (laughs) i'm working on yeah and when the crazy part was when our first teaser came out of showing miles jump off the building and it has an upside down shot of him falling up towards the city. Mm-hmm. And their people's reactions to that trailer were just like, I am so pumped for this movie. And they were so excited because it was Spider-Man. It was Miles Morales. Like mm-hmm. those two things. It wasn't just Spider-Man. It was Miles. It wasn't Peter Parker. It was a Miles Morales story. And it was just like, I get to work on this movie. The world is so excited to see this movie. And I've been looking at it. For three years. I've been complaining about it for three years. <laughs> it's been so hard to make. But it, it's it's so rewarding at the same time at the rap party and seeing all these reviews coming in and people are like loving the movie. It's like, I really did that. That's yeah. really kind of crazy. I've one of our directors um worked on like Independence Day, some of our other direct directors worked on old Disney movies like Hercules and Tarzan, some of my favorite, favorite movies from my childhood. And they're like, you have just worked on a movie where kids are going to say, I want to get into movie making. Yeah. I want to get into animation. Yeah. And 10 years from now, you're going to be working with some kid. He's going to find out you worked on Spider-Man. And they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you worked on that. Tell me about that. And that was like, what? That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to think about. But that that could happen. I think any other movie I work on from now on, it's going to be compared to this movie. Mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. this was such a hard movie to make, but also such a, a, a different kind of movie and animation that's never been done before. So it's like people are saying it's changing the game. It's doing all these different things and it could be a different start of who knows a whole lot of changes in animation. So yeah. it could be a big thing. It could be nothing. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely going to – this movie has some staying power, not only you know culturally so, be, yeah. because obviously it has a lot of cultural staying power. You know, I mean this is the first yes. – this is the first superhero movie, whether you want to cons- consider it animated or not, but one of the first big superhero movies that has a mixed-race teenager as the hero and as a competent hero and as some, somebody who goes through something that a lot of other kids his age are going through, you know? Right. Uh, like finding yeah. finding their place in the world and trying to be important and trying to live up to expectations and you know I th- even though this isn't a part of the movie but there were parts of it where I was like oh yeah he's trying not to be a stereotype too um, oh, yeah. yeah so so like it's gonna have a lot of staying power that way but just yeah. but even just from like a storytelling perspective and a pure cinema perspective because I mean we're a bunch of white people talking about this movie you know our experiences exactly. with it are very different but uh exactly, exactly. but like we watched this movie and we were like, oh yeah, I'm into it. And like Jessica and I, like I said, we didn't know anything about it going into it. And that didn't stop us from being like, oh yeah, I know what's going on here. Oh, I'm following this. So like everything about it was just done so well. And I want to see people talking about this movie in another 10 years. You oh, hundred percent. I, I think the staying power of this movie is, is really influential. And the fact to what you said earlier that you said, hold on, we're in our own universe. Doc Ock can be whatever we want Doc Ock to be. Why not yeah. make it a woman? And yeah. I don't know, the, like the little girl in me saw Spider-Gwen and it was like, oh my God, Spider-Man can be a girl? Like yeah. there's something about saying you can when you see yourself on screen. And so, For I, sure. yeah, I think this movie has a lot of staying power. Um, Some of the stuff we actually had from screenings, a lot of the girls loved Spider-Gwen. They all said, like, I loved her. She is fantastic. And we kept having a thing where, like, we never, after the big battle, like, everyone is just losing in the big battle. We needed to see Spider-Gwen be awesome and beat someone. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a little beat in there after they're in Aunt May's and they break out of Aunt May's where Gwen is uh, running away from Scorpion. Yes. Who is awesome. I love that character. Yes. I'm uh, bummed we didn't have, we didn't have more of him. Um, she is backflipping and doing little uh, things off of rooftops. And she goes up and she knees him and she, boom, beats yeah. him. Up. That whole thing was done super quick, super last minute because we needed to have her have a victory. Yeah. against a big baddie beyond just her quick punch on Doc Ock in the, in the woods. You yeah. need to have her do something. Because if you wanted to raise her up, like, look, she is just as tough and more so more competent than any other spider person there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, like, Peter, you know, fat Peter, burrito Peter. Burrito Yes, that's what we called him, burrito Peter. When we first <laughs> met him, that's a funny thing, because when we first met him, instead of eating a pizza... He was eating a burrito because we're all in California. We all eat burritos, yeah. but New York is pizza. Yeah. So we, for the first, we called him Burrito Peter. <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> distinguish it, but I think that's where the, the B might have come from. I don't know. Um, I always took it as yeah, Universe like, B, but burrito is much better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think we really focused on showing how awesome Gwen is. And she's a tough, tough cookie, and she is. She can do whatever she wants. She can be friendly. She can be tough. She's a good fighter. And she can be girly all at the same time. It doesn't matter. She can do whatever she wants. And she's awesome. Yeah. Her design is so cool. Oh, she's so cool. We gave her this piercing and this shaved head. I was like, ah, she looks so awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. Uh, So what's another movie you saw this year that you feel stoked about? Not even that you worked on, but another movie that you're like, oh, that was so good. Uh, I just watched A Quiet Place. Oh, what, what'd you think? Loved it. It was so good. I, I think that is another movie that shows the, like, thinking outside the box, changing things around, and I'm not going to make this. I think I, I watched a lot of special features on it, too, where they were just like, we treated it like when John Krasinski went to the um, ILM guys about designing the monster and how they're going to show the monster. He said to me that the ILM guys were like, yes, this is great. He said, I want to barely see the thing. I don't want to see it until I have to see it. Yeah. So they treated it like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just there. And you know it's there by the things around it moving and things you hear. things You you barely, in the corner of your eye, you see something moving in the distance. Yeah. I think yeah, that was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. that movie was so much fun. And I'm not a horror fan. And I just, that's not a horror movie. It's a movie about family. It's a movie about protecting the ones you love and just like, man versus nature just surviving yeah you know and it's just like and they had some scary moments for sure but i i like oh my gosh and then just the end just a yeah cut black oh so good i've always wanted to see mary poppins cock a shotgun you know (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, mary poppins so so sad but anyway yeah quiet place do you saw mary poppins I did. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, we, we, we haven't, haven't seen it yet. We're going to do an episode on it here pretty soon, but... Uh, okay. You, you want to uh, talk bad, though. Uh, I think now, officially for me, Holmes and Watson is the worst movie I've seen all year. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah and, and that, and, well, you're not missing much, but I just I want you to... Terrible. I want you to know that it has overtaken The Predator as the worst movie I've seen all year. Oh, yikes! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yikes. was worse, and it was worse than the Nun. The yeah, it nun was worse was than the Nun too. too so. The Nun. Yeah. The, oh, the scary movie with yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was bad. It was, oh. it was pretty bad. Uh, we oh, we saw that one with a creature actor friend of ours, Alexander Ward. Uh, yeah. And whenever he shared the episode, his response to it was, "Hey guys, me and my friends saw something that resembled a movie." <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, and that's if you fun. liked a quiet place, you need to watch uh, Bird Box on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watched that too. What'd you think of that one? I thought it was good. I it, I heard people hated it. It was, it was terrible. I was like, "This is fine. It's not." <laughs> Thought it's it not good. movie magic. It's not amazing, but it's it's solid filmmaking. I I love Sandra Bullock. I, those kids were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I felt something for all the characters. I didn't need to know anything else than what they gave me. Yes. That's the thing. Same thing with uh, A Quiet Place. They didn't need to explain anything. No. I'm with this character, and whatever she knows, I know. Yeah. And that's fine. Whatever they don't know, I don't know, and that's fine. 
it's yeah. okay not to answer every single question you have. Right. Yeah. I think that's great. Now, I, I was I wanted to see Bird Box from the beginning, not because I knew anything about the movie, but because I'm a huge fan of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, uh, and I lo- I loved their music for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a fan of Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. She is top notch, man. Like, like uh, Ocean's Eight. She that is was surprisingly good. Fantastic. If you watch that movie, though, it's only disappointing knowing it was directed by Gary Ross. Right. Because he, he is a man shooting women. Yeah. And there are things in there that a woman wouldn't do, I would assume, I would, would think. But, like, Gary Ross did some things with the camera and did some things, like, that are very, like, Steven Soderbergh from the very original, same yeah. exact shot language. I get it. Those are really fun. But there are some very specific shots there that I'm like, I, why are you shooting it like this? There's, to I think me, there's more to this conversation than what you're seeing as a man. You're trying to get the meat of this stuff. But there's something deeper and the, the visual language of, like, showing yeah. off a woman's body kind of thing. I'm like, eh, yeah. come on. It felt, it felt like they just planted women into an Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yes. I would have loved to have seen that movie done by like Ava DuVernay or someone like that, you know? Oh, dream team. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Uh, did, you, anything does. did you see uh, Widows this year? Widows. It has uh, Viola Davis and. Um, oh, Liam. no. I oh. didn't. I heard it was fantastic. It's, it's, it's so it's good. It's probably the best movie I've seen all year. Dang. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's, it's like the whole premise isn't super exciting to me, mm-hmm. but again, that cast of again, Viola Davis is oh. top notch. You can't oh. get better. Yeah. And, and so and, but I was like, everyone I, I is know. stellar. Just, it, it didn't, yeah, it didn't compel oh. me to get into the theater, but I heard fantastic reviews and I was just like, great. I'll, I'll rent it one day. Yeah. You well, should. You definitely, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're recording this on New Year's Eve. So what's next for you? We New Year, New Dan. What's what's next? Next is well. Now Spider Man's done. I'm going to be um, most likely staying at Sony. They have a project they want me to jump on for uh, a year. Kind of help them finish up in biz dev. It's I don't know if it's actually. I think it's been announced, but it's um, uh, Mitchell's versus Machines. So funny, yeah. So so funny. Like I watched the very first screening like a year ago. A year ago, like was laughing my head off the entire time. Like That's the director, awesome. um, like just hilarious. So so funny. It's so creative. I think they're pushing the limit of what we do creatively as visually as well in a different way, which is kind of fun. Um, that's going on. Um, I'm getting back into the gym. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You are preaching uh, to the choir right there. Oh, uh, dude, it's it's been a hard year because of just scheduling. I'm working 12-hour days every weekend. It's just like kind of crazy. So we made a pack this year. We're going to get back to the gym, gonna get healthy. <laughs> I'm going to get trim and fit. It's going to be like the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, we'll yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just this year, I think we're going to be focusing back on my wife on family and time together because this past year has been last two years have been very hard because finishing never hike alone was really rough. And then straight finishing with that, getting into Spider-Man was really rough. So we're hoping it for it to be a calm, calmer year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, well, this is, we're towards the end of our very fun interview. And is there anything that you feel like, you want to share or anything you want to talk about anything you're excited mm-hmm. about. It can be anything. I'm excited, I'm excited about, um, what's to come of the Spider-Man universe mm-hmm. after this movie, because there's some stuff that I've heard about and I'm excited about that. They're going to be doing that. I, I'm the Spider-Man two team at Sony is, is awesome. Like legit. Their head of story on Spider-Man two is Miguel. Miguel Heron, and he was one of our story artists on Spider-Man 1, and he's fantastic, like so, so good. So I'm excited for him to be head of story on the next one. The director is someone from who did um, who did um, The Last Airbender cartoon on oh, Nickelodeon, yeah. which is like, come on, yes, please. Yeah. Um, that, that's going to be great. Um, and we have another side project going with all like the f- uh, um, 
spinoff with female spiders, which is going to be super cool. So I, I don't know where we're going to go as far as the visual language, how it's going to look, but I think it's going to be the same kind of style, but how we're going to push that boundary of what is animation going to look like in the next five to 10 years? If it's always been the Disney Pixar's, you know, go to, to make it look photo real, photo real, make it look as good as possible. And now it's, it's at that point. Congrats. You've made it look awesome, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you you're, you're done. Like if you watch paper, man, that short with that black and white 2d, 3d kind of style, that was yeah. a great experimentation. What we did was take it a whole, you know, step further. It put it a comic book, you know, film and lighting and all that stuff into uh, animation. And what we can really do from here is whatever you want to do. So yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I'm most excited to see what other studios bring to the table. Yeah. Sony has Sony has kind of put this out there like, look, we ha- had this great excuse because this is based on a comic book to make it look like a comic book. There are other visual storytelling um, things out there that you can really experiment with that we've not even thought of yet. Right. There are so many opportunities to really have a major studio do something like Sony just did. Mm-hmm. So I think what animation is going to be um, open to. I think we've we've tested the waters. People love it. People are excited about it. I think it's 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 time to change the game. I think it's it's time to see something new and different. I think it's about to. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it that this was a Sony movie. Of course, I mean, of course it is. But like, they really needed this too. They needed a hit. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a whole new thing. I was excited to see like what's what's Sony going to be like after this. Are we going to have like just mountains and piles of resumes and artists like you guys just did Spider-Man. That's my favorite movie. I want to work on this studio because it's always been Disney Pixar. They have their shtick. They have their, their genre. They have their thing. You know, it's a, a Disney Pixar movie because of these things. But Sony has never done that. Right. Smurf looks totally different than Hotel Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Hotel Transylvania looks totally different than the Emoji movie. All those movies look totally different than Spider-Man. We don't have this calling card. They're totally willing to experiment and do different things. Yeah. So I think that's that's one of their greatest strengths that I think they're really starting to play into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I, I was glad to see that Sony had something up its sleeve because I was like, you know, there have been so many good movies that come through Sony, you know, over the years. And sure. I kind of hated to see them flounder the way that they did. So, you know, I, they gambled and it definitely paid off, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Future is open. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for letting us take your time and come chat with us on our silly little fun podcast. And of course, it's been I, super fun. I always I love talking movies and I love talking about the crazy behind the scenes stories of our movies. So thanks mm-hmm. for asking. Thanks for letting me join in. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, and uh, maybe sometime we can just have you come see a movie with us and uh, just do an episode with us. Not necessarily because you worked on it. You know. <laughs> yes. Totally. I'm totally down for that. Yeah. 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 All right, Dan. Well, again, th- thanks so much for uh, have, for taking the time with us. We had so much fun talking to you, and I uh, can't wait to get with you again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, well, I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And thanks for joining us at Date Night at the Movies. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>